Welcome back to Currently with Kira Tour, where I share my latest style obsessions, all of which you can access through my shopping community, Kira Tour. I'm so excited to announce the launch of our newest winter curation. This season, I've selected a handful of products for your winter wardrobe and, of course, your beauty routine that will ensure you're walking into all of your holiday festivities feeling like your absolute best self. There's a faux fur scarf, a metallic woven pouch that doubles as a clutch, and a skincare tool that gives you a professional facial treatment at home. You'll also choose between shimmering gold or gunmetal chandelier earrings, as well as between a cult favorite mascara or hydrating primer. This entire product collection is valued at over $400, but when you sign up to receive my seasonal curations and enter code HEELS25, you can start with the winter box for only $74.99. Visit curator.com. That's C-U-R-A-T-E-U-R.com to get started today. Hi, everyone. I'm Rachel Zoe, and you're listening to Climbing in Heels. This show is all about celebrating the most extraordinary women who will be sharing their incredible journeys to the top, all while staying glamorous. Today with me, we have an incredible fashion designer and creative director known for her bridal, stunning ready-to-wear, and lifestyle brand, Monique Lulier. Her story on how she fell in love with her husband and created her own brand along the way is so beautiful and beyond inspiring, 27 years later. Monique is a very dear friend of mine, and I'm so excited to speak with her again and dig in deeper to her story. So let's get started. Okay, my love. So this podcast I started because I have countless superwomen, honestly, in my life who are crushing it, not just in their careers, but like at life in general. And I have watched you, honestly, what feels like most of my adult life, because I feel like we kind of came up together in a way. But I think what's so interesting about you, and since I've met you, there's no one that I can relate to as much who has a co-CEO that's my, my husband. And I think we've, I think you've been together as long as us, which I only know one other couple that's been together as long as Raj and I. So I think your sort of timeline is somewhat similar, but I think for me, I've always been so fascinated by you and what you've built because it's so, it's so special. It's like so special. It's like, it's, I hate to compare it to like an OB, but like an OB brings babies into the world every day, right? And my my friend who I'm very, my, my OB, who I'm very close with, Michelle Akaka, she's like, What could be better? What could be a better job than being there for that moment in people's lives? And I think about that for you because you are the biggest part of the biggest moment in a woman's life. And that is such a profound, incredible thing and not an easy one, in my opinion, to succeed at, right? Because it is a very niche thing, right? You know, since I've known you, I feel like, you know, you are such a supportive friend. You really are. And, you know, I do agree with you that 
I feel like we were in parallel paths because, yeah. you know, we started our company. So with our husband, yeah. I mean, the difference is I'm not co-CEO, I'm the creative director <laughs> and Tom like runs the show. You know right. what I mean? I sure. make sure like, you know, everything I create is, you know, what I really am inspired by. I'm very proud of the product I put out there. I mean, I hold myself to a really high standard and make sure like, is it something I'm proud of? Am I moving, you know, the collection forward every season? Am I, you know, filling the needs of my, my clients, you know? So, so we really do two different roles and then the marketing which side. Which is healthy, also, by the way, which, which is very is healthy. healthy. And, and, you know, from the very beginning, you know, those rules were kind of laid out because yeah. I came from fashion school and yeah. his background was he was he was getting his um, MBA at USC. Yeah. And so he had definitely a stronger business sense. And then I had the vision. And then together we had the naivety because of being young and in love and me looking for a wedding dress and not finding exactly what I wanted. And then to seeing like there's a niche in the marketplace that I think I could fill and then kind of believing in each other and just going for it. So that's, that was like, that's really the foundation of how we started this brand. And we didn't even have a business plan. It was just on a gut instinct, you know, and I can talk about it so calmly now because it's 27 years later, but it was so terrifying. It's terrifying. But, but what you can relate to is if you're going to be in a space like that, who would you rather be with than your soulmate? That's what I always say, because I imagine in every interview you, you do in your entire career, do they say, what's it like to work with your husband? How do you do that? Right. Every, every yes. single Not even interview, one. just in every conversation. Everything. <laughs> same, by the way, same. Yeah. I'm at a dinner. How how do you work with your... How did... I'd kill my husband. And right. I think to your point, listen, I've had a lot of different partners in different areas of businesses. And I can tell you better than I know anything else, I know that for me and clearly for you, my husband is the best and only partner I could have because who do you trust more? Who roots for you more? Who can you yell at and then have dinner with more than your husband, right? Like, like I will, I will right. yell at Roger about whatever. Like, I don't agree with you on this. I don't, da, 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 da. And then he'll be like, okay, what time are we getting the kids? What's for dinner? Right. It's like, right. It's, it's a balance. <laughs> and you know, and you can't really explain it, but no, I mean, there are tough days yes, and there's good days. And, and I think, you know, the reason why it's also worked is because we respect each other yeah. and we've been growing, you know, through the years. So it's like, there's so much for everyone to do. So it's, it's, harder to step on each other's toes because as, as it's as the company is growing it's there's so many hats you have to wear so, beyond and i yeah. want to go back because a big part of this podcast is speaking to women that are at the top how they got there but the fact that they got there all while staying glamorous and i say that in a way <laughs> that you can still embrace the beauty of being a woman and maintain your femininity, own your superpowers, wear a suit if you want, wear a gown if you want, wear a mini dress if you want. But the point of it is, is that you can, you did do it all, you are doing it all. It's not easy, none of this is easy. And the highs are high and the lows are low, but I think it's important to share with our listeners a bit of the beginning, because it's sort of like, 
okay, how did it just happen? Because people just know you as Monique Lulier. Oh my God, I want to get married in her dress. Oh my God, I want to do this. Oh my God, you know Monique Lulier. Blah, blah, blah. But it's like, how did you happen? And obviously, much blood, sweat, and tears. Well, thank you for that. I mean, hearing from you who's done it yourself and in high heels the whole time that I've I've known you. Um, I wear sneakers nowadays. Well, of course, um, as, you, as know, you but, should, as you should, but, as you should. But go, Rachel. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely was not easy, you know. And I mean, just starting from the very beginning, yeah. it was like putting my first small collection together, you know, was no, no, no. Feature. What happened with eight-year-old Monique? Like, wh- like, what kind of child oh. were you? Were you like an ambitious? Like, I'm doing a because mil- I see you now, and I'm like, you were probably exactly the same as a child. Well, you know, I was very influenced by my by my mother's sense of style, you right. know, and she was, you know, elegant, kind, always involved in school, always involved in in our family businesses. My father is very entrepreneurial. He didn't have one business. He had multiple businesses. So I, I grew up seeing that. I, Got it. I, you know, and they juggled this busy and beautiful life and they entertained and we traveled. You know, I, ra- I was raised in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Um, I lived there till I was 14 years old. Mm-hmm. And then um, I went to boarding school in Switzerland. But as a young child, I would sit in my mother's vanity watch her get dressed, mm-hmm. you know, put her makeup on her jewelry and then choose her, you know, gowns or, or outfits for the evening. And I was really inspired by that. So mm-hmm. she was the first style icon that I was exposed to. And then because we lived in the Philippines, we would go to Paris to visit family because mm-hmm. my father's French. So we would go every summer to Paris. And I loved the glamour oh. and the fashion that was I it's was exposed to there. Everything. And then we would come to Los Angeles because my mother's um, parents retired here. So then I would come <sighs> to L.A. And so that kind of explains the three points in my life. And then I loved fashion at such an early age at, when I was 11, 12, it was very customary to go to a local tailor in the Philippines because you couldn't just find it there. And I would say, you know, I want to make this dress. I would like it, you know, to be this length. Mm-hmm. And I would, I already started creating mm-hmm. things, you know. So when I went to high school in Switzerland and was and graduated, I said I knew I wanted to be in the fashion world. Mm-hmm. And I moved to Los Angeles and I went to the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising. Amazing. And um you know, I started there and I didn't even realize what it was going to take because on the first day of school, we were in a pattern making class and they're, they're teaching us how to make patterns, which I really did not know how to do. And they said, okay, next week, bring back your garments. And I'm like, excuse me, like, so how does it get made? Like, who's going to sew all of this? And they're like, you oh, are, and you are going to make all of that. And I was like, oh my God, I didn't even know how to sew. So <laughs> I went straight after class and bought my first sewing machine. And I was, you know, teaching myself how to sew. And and it's so important to learn that way because yeah. you understand the construction of a garment and, and it, the fit of a garment is everything. So, yeah. so that was really the best way of learning and diving into the craft, you know? And then slowly, you know, I, I was, as the years were progressing, I, knew, I started specializing in dresses. And then for my final project, I decided to do a wedding scene. Don't ask me why, but I decided to do a wedding scene. So I was the last graduate with my collection. Mm-hmm. And then shortly after that, I got engaged to my husband and I started looking for a wedding dress. And that's how I stumbled into the bridal business, you know. And at that point, it was 1992. And, you know, the the trend, the big trend was sleek and more simple um, mm-hmm. silhouettes. I remember. Um, and, and, you know, and then there was the extreme that was really like, 
large sleeves with a lot of lace and beading you know, and, and crowns. And I was like, I, you know, I found myself caught in the middle. I was uh-huh. like, I was neither that sleek, sophisticated, lean, uh-huh. you know, silhouette bride, and I was not that over the top cupcake kind of girl. Uh-huh. So, I after the search, I decided to start my own collection. So, did you so make your it. own dress? I did not make my own dress. Do you wish you I did? Wanted, um, during the process, I wish I did because I didn't get my dress till three weeks before the wedding. So there was a little stress that was added on to that. But I did make, you know, everyone else's dress in the wedding party. So, so both mothers of the bride, all the children that were in the in the wedding party. And I had multiple bridesmaids. So I did all their dresses. And so after that, we began. That's incredible. And you loved it. Clearly, you were like, this is my calling. This is it. A hundred percent. And, you know, uh, Tom thought it was like the wedding blues, like, what's she gonna do now after? <laughs> so he was like, okay, honey, okay. But then I was like, no, 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 you know, I really believe in this. We should go to a first trade show. Um, his parents were like, what? You just got married and now you're gonna start a business together? Like, are you, what is wrong? Yeah, with like, you do you have a death sentence? <laughs> right. So, um, so we, but you know what? When you're naive, I was 23 years old. And Tom was 24 and we said, let's, you know, let's try. And and that's what we did. And, and I mean, going back to my childhood, I was one of those kids that I had to try my best all the time. You know what I mean? Like I wanted to like, always like please my parents, making sure like if I put anything out there, it was the best work I could put out there. That's also your birth sign, my friend, the blessing and curse of being a Virgo. (laughs) Have to be the best, have to be the best. Right, right. And so like, do better, do better, do more. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, do more, do better. I can be better. I can do better. I have to be the best at this. I don't even know. Okay, wait, that one like sold out in five minutes. Great. Okay, what are we doing next? Like, like it's, there's never any patting yourself on the back, right? Right. And and after like our first trade show, when we went there and we got a booth and we had our our six dresses at the time, you know, I had picked up 10 accounts and I was so excited. Like, oh my God, 10 accounts. Amazing. And then we we're coming home like, oh my God, I have to make all the Right, dresses. right. Like, like how what am I? Gonna do? Like, <laughs> there was... So anyway, but you know what? You figure it out. And and we did one step. We learned through our mistakes and um, yeah, just kept, kept pushing forward and, and then realized that, you know, we had to be in New York more. People could not even say my name. They could they, they were like, Monique L, Monique <laughs> I, I don't know how to say that name. And, and it was really a struggle building something from scratch. I had not um, worked for a storied house before. So right. there was really no history of, of what my vision was. And at the end, at the same time, the price point was kind of high yeah. because I started in bridal and, you know, that entails yep. so many hours, the details, the beading, the fabric. So, so to gain people's trust was really hard to break that door down and, and get that credibility. You know? yeah. so it, took, it took tenacity and, and I, I, we did everything from take all the, the boxes, ship everything at UPS ourselves, inspect all those dresses. You know, I mean, everything we did. No job was too small. We were in it 100%. And it was 24-7 our life. And I mean, that's another reason why I think it worked as a as a couple because right. that's all we did. Yeah. We, didn't, we didn't have a social life. It was work, 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 work. And on the weekends, we would visit stores that carried the collection. So we were at least traveling together and, and you know, I was 
I had FaceTime with the end consumers. So I could hear if things were working, you know, what needed to change, what they were responding to. So all of that, you know, all together just informed and helped me with the path that we were on. Well, it's so interesting. So I want to talk about that because I think a big part of this sort of brand building, you know, it's funny because as they've sort of have launched things over the last, you know, whatever, 10 years, 15 years, I would get into meetings and they say, well, you already did the hardest part, which is building your brand. That's like the hardest part of it. And I never understood what that meant. I never understood what it meant when someone said the hardest part of building a business and being an entrepreneur is actually building the brand and making people know what that brand is, what does it mean to people, right? And what you were saying was very interesting because I was thinking as you were talking that most designers before they start their own have worked for other designers, right? And have like lived in the system or like learned from someone. And you learned on the ground, you learned in school. You also learned from watching your mom. You you know, you learned from kind of osmosis of growing up around it in terms of your vision. But then in the actual process, you learned at school and then you went right out, right? Well, well, the other thing, Rachel, is that, you know, when we started back in 1996, we were based out of Los Angeles. Right. You Which know, it was not like I could I could like no. apprentice with somebody no. because there was no one really doing high-end no. tour fashion out of Los Angeles. No. So the only way I would have had that exposure is if we moved to New York, which we were not doing no. at the time. So so we had no choice but to start on our own. You I know? think it's and, amazing. It's amazing. And, it's unconventional in in the world of fashion. But I but I guess what I'm saying is like it was so hard and I think what people say is like it's so glamorous it's so glamorous like okay they look at you and they're like oh she's so beautiful look at her gowns look at her so I remember being on shoots with you you were in every centimeter of the shoot of the gowns of packing product moving product putting stuff in your car like the the and I think that's a thing it's like and, and I see that so much now to people coming up and starting businesses and like, especially in fashion, your hands are going to get dirty. And if you're not willing to get your hands dirty, then don't do it because you have to jump in and do everything. Some of the most successful people I know in every business now, they still jump in. They want to touch it. They want to feel it. They want to help anyone who needs the help. And I think the minute you sort of say, no, 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 I'm starting at this level or I'm already at this level, I don't have to do that anymore. I just think it's a different conversation than I think. I think it's a different place. And do you know what I mean by that? Yes. And I think that also really defines when you find your passion, because Mm -hmm. then you don't mind doing all those things because you know, it's just part of, you know, building the dream, you know? And so you, so you don't even think about it. Now, if you're not sure, then if you kind of question even your path, am I doing what I want to be doing? Is this how I want to spend my time? I mean, like, so there are all those other, you know, doubts. And then, and that's when I would reassess, maybe you're not doing what you want to be really, what your true calling is in life, you know? So, so well okay so when did your when did you kind of say okay i now want to do more than bridal right like meaning like you're you're ready to wear your non-bridal um collection which is so beautiful and like gets better every, every season it's even more beautiful thank you well you know when we started in bridal after five years 
I wanted to work in color. I wanted, there was so much <laughs> more expression that I wanted right. there and I wanted the collection to evolve. And, and I didn't want to stop being there for, for my woman only on her wedding. I wanted to be there for all the, the milestones in her life, you know? So that was, you know, the reason why I jumped into ready to wear. Mm-hmm. And the thing is in, in evening wear and being based in Los Angeles, you know, stylists recognized that yeah. and they started calling and putting the dresses on, on celebrities. And at the same time in 2000, we decided to open our own retail first flagship store, I remember. which was incredible because now um, it put us out there and people knew where to come and get the collection, see the entire collection. It was also exciting that as soon as we did that, Neiman Marcus picked up my first ready to wear collection in its first season. So all of a sudden we were getting validation from, you know, the major retailers and stylists like yourself, yeah. you know, like put it, put my brand and my collection on high profile people. And all of a sudden the, the marketing and the awareness it just started, you know what I mean? And when we started, we didn't even think of that arm. We were just focused on the product, yeah. you know? And then to see all of that coming together and working so beautifully together, it empowered us to keep going, you know? Yeah. And, and and then after being in, in the lives of, of our women, not only for their birthdays and their weddings, it was like once they get married, they're starting their homes. What do their homes look like? Which is how I stepped into the lifestyle and home space. And, and now I've been working with Pottery Barn for oh, maybe 10 years now. It's and it started with the kids' collection, you know, what the rooms look like, to the teen collection and the mainline Pottery Barn. It's like, what do you register for? You know, all of that. And it all works beautifully together. And, you know, I have a mood board behind this. I know, it's so beautiful. I'm staring at it. I'm like, I really want to get married again. Roger will not get married to me again. Oh, he will. He He will, but he he won't do vows. Like, he won't he won't do the I do part again. He's like, I said it once, 25 years ago, things are great. And I feel like the minute I say it again, things are going to go south. Well, he's going to call me the minute you say you're ready again. (laughs) This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. I think honestly, in this day and age, anxiety is pretty much a part of everyone's life in some way or another. I've had anxiety. I'm pretty sure most of my friends live with some form of anxiety, big or small. It doesn't matter. It's actually just your own sort of experience with anxiety. And I'm pretty sure we all have it in some form or another. And you know, there's all different extremes. But I would say whether it's you're overwhelmed by your work schedule, whether you're a working parent and you're constantly trying to figure out that work-life balance, anxiety can affect your overall health, your sleep, and everything else. I mean, navigating any of life's challenges can definitely make you feel kind of all over the place. It doesn't matter whether it's a career change, a new relationship, whether it's a friendship or a romantic relationship becoming a new parent. These are all the things that excite us, but also definitely overwhelm us. Therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of these challenges that, you know, I know for one, keep me awake at night, wake me up in the morning, definitely disrupt my sleep, um, and really just help you learn productive coping skills, because that's really what it comes down to, is how to cope with one's anxiety. BetterHelp has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists. It's so incredibly convenient and accessible anywhere because it's 100% 
online, so it could not be easier. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Plus, it's affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It could not be any simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash heels. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash heels. So, but you can see like the aesthetic runs through everything I touch. You know? Totally. So whether it's for the home collections or now like I do jewelry as well. It's like there is no, you know, a wedding without the ring. So like it's not I'm putting, I'm painting the whole picture and the whole story, you know, and and it feels so incredibly fulfilling. Because it's I a get fairy to, tale. Yes. And then, I, then what I like to do is I like to now take the collections on inspiring locations so people can really see the dream, you know, and, and you know, those trips inspire me for next collection so it's all just it all works beautifully and seamlessly together if you could name one which i'm sure there are several but if you could name sort of the moment in your career that either had the biggest impact on you or really changed the game for monique lulier well i had um several along the way that's what kept us going of course so, so when Neiman Marcus Group and Bergdorf Goodman carried the collection heavily in all their stores and, and even Saks Avenue, that was very validating for yeah. me as, as a designer, you know, and, and we had to ramp up our production and, and, you know, we do everything in-house so that our, our team just grew exponentially. Yeah. And so that was a you know big moment for us, but also in 2004, when we were only in business for like seven years, like when Britney Spears wore us for her wedding, we had multiple people at the Emmys. It was like a moment where, you know, there was a lot of our name and a lot of exposure. So that was another big moment. And then, you know, recently in 2019 for the Emmys, we had dressed eight women in one night. I saw that. I texted you. yeah, which is I, I texted you. Know, you and I, I didn't lost, even know. Oh, I lost yeah, my mind. I didn't mind. even know till till the moment as it was happening. I'm like, oh, that one worked too. Because as you know, Rachel, because you <laughs> have are an incredible scientist in the board. You never, you never know what happens. You know, so I think going into the the evening, I knew I had one or two confirmed. But still, when they say confirmed, you know, it, it can go the other way. But as soon as those two hit the carpet, I was like, oh. Oh, and here's another one. And it just didn't stop. And my phone was blowing up because people were calling from everywhere and say, wait, you're dominating the carpet. I've never seen this before. And for me, that was a, a big moment in my career. That was such a moment for you. I totally remember now that you're saying it. It was just before the pandemic. But, but Rachel, there are also those are the highlights, but there were a lot of like hard things that came up along the way. I mean, that's <laughs> not we will never forget. 2008 when you know the stock market crashed uh-huh. and, and it was just really tough times and people were not really dressing up and mm-hmm. and spending their money differently and and so that was that was tough on us as a, as a business you yeah. know we had to weather that storm and you know Tom and I till this day we have not taken any investment mm-hmm. so we are um you know we run a really tight ship and in and, and moments like that are tough you know and we um pushed through. And then recently when COVID hit and the world did not need anything that I designed, um, 
aside from my home collections, um, everything was on pause. And that was that was a scary moment, you know, and we took that time and we reflected and regrouped. And, and now I'm happy to say our, our teams are stronger. Um, we are leaner, but we we um, are so focused, you know, yeah. and, and we never missed a wedding, a, a milestone for anybody, even when we were like pretty much closed during COVID, mm-hmm. when somebody decided that they wanted to still have an intimate wedding, yeah. we pulled out all the stops to make those fittings happen. We delivered dresses to the most remote places and we, you know, we worked it all out. And so I think we're stronger than ever. And, um, you know, tough times like that, it, it brings out the best in you. You know what I mean? And, and, and now I think um, we weathered those two hardships. And I think now we're just looking for even a more exciting time ahead, you know, with more stores that are planned to be opened in, in new territory. So, so, um, it's so, so interesting. Cause I was going to ask you that because I always, I think the thing that we all experience as entrepreneurs is, you know, and I'll say it a, a thousand times over, the highs are the highest, the lows are the lowest. They really are. And there's no one to go to in that moment and say, okay, help me. Do you have an answer? Like, help me, Crystal. Ball. There isn't. And I think that's the thing. When you're the CEO or your husband's a CEO, when, you, when it stops at you, it's like, yes, there's great parts of that, but it's also terrifying because there's no one to turn to when you need that like, okay, tell me what to do now. You just got to figure it out. And it stops there. And that's why I always say not everyone is cut out for this type of business. And that is a thousand percent okay. And I say that all the time. My sister and I, you know, as close as we are, she doesn't want to be the CEO. They, they, even if they offer it to her, she'd say no. She doesn't want it to stop at her. And I think that that's completely normal, fine. It's, it's teach their own. But I would say to you, you know, you know, I was going to ask you of, are there, have there been, which I know the answer, times where you just go, okay, I'm done. I can't, I can't, I don't know how to get out of this. I don't know. Like I, I need to just stop. Right. And like rethink this pause and just go like, even though you knew you were going to continue, did you ever just go, I'm done. I can't do it anymore. Did you ever do that? Um, I, I have never done that. Good. And I, even when times were tough, I just, I knew inside that, you know, I think it's also with wisdom, like an yeah. age and maturity, you right. just know that, you know, things will be better and it'll just things will fall into place if you're like doing the best that you can you know what i mean and you know like the other thing we haven't talked about is you know when you're juggling all these things and trying to start a family at the same time oh, that yeah. also adds a whole oh, yeah. other layer of <laughs> yeah. how do you do that well while maintaining all of this you know and and i have to say to the young entrepreneur starting that i mean it's all about the team that you put together yeah you know, i've had i have some of um most incredible people that stand behind me and yep. some of them have been with me 20 years some yep. of them you know 16 like it's it's a long standing community that we have and um and i couldn't have done it without them you no. know and, and, and yeah grateful every day every you know? day and i think but i do think you're right and i think you know i know for roger and i you know whether in the pandemic or through various different like highs and lows it's like you're forced to be smarter you're forced to kind of like make 
better, more careful decisions that when all things are great and going up and you're in like growth and fast and everything's amazing, you don't really pay as much attention to some of the things you either may not need, you may not need to be doing, you're spending too much time on, there's too much team on, all those things. And so to your point, it's like, okay, you're leaner, but you're probably more focused and more efficient and in weird ways, more productive and forced to make probably better decisions ultimately. A hundred percent. And we're also more nimble. You know what I mean? Like yeah. as a business yeah. owner, you have to like pivot when, yes. when, you know, times when, when you need to. And, and it's funny, I was having a conversation with one of the team members yesterday who's in town from New York. And we were like, you know, we're all working smarter these yeah. days, yeah. you know, and, you know, as a business owner, you're, you're solving problems all day long. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, we're, we're making it work, you know what I mean? And, and, and I'm excited about what's coming next. And, and so I feel like the hard times are behind. Yep. And another thing that I also feel was integral to where we're at is that as we were growing, we, you know, we partnered with the right companies along the way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. like, I'm familiar, like my lifestyle collection with Pottery Run, yep. they've been such a great partner. All of those things make up for the big picture. Yeah. Now with my K jeweler collections, my, um, they're such a solid partner and they see the vision and it's they're very authentic with what I put out, the collections I love. And so, so it's partners like that that really make a difference. Well, yeah, because I think, let's talk about that for a second because I think a lot of entrepreneurs as they build their businesses or their brands, a thing you can get lost in is partnerships, right? Bad ones and great ones. And I think that the importance of a great partner and the value of a great partner, it's like, there it's indescribable to have a great partner. When, when I've seen yeah. both sides, I'm here to right. say, I've done both and yes. I can tell you, there's so much gratitude for a great partner who actually lets you do what you do, right? And embraces your your talent and lets you do what you do. And like Pottery Barn is, and as you said, Kate Jewelers, I mean, they get the magic of Monique. And that's why that's why they partnered with you. A hundred percent. They they respect the vision and it's like, we're proud of everything that we put out there and it's authentic and it's, and it's, and it's seamless, you know, cause I, I like you have along the way, you know, you know, a lot of exciting opportunities can come and sometimes there's so much on the plate and it's exciting, but you can't go by excitement and um, just because it's an easy opportunity. It has to be really authentic. I, I keep saying that and it's not no, about, it is. it's not about the money. It's not, no. it's about if you really do think that it would work with your vision. Yeah. So even like editing out what you can do is, is important. Another question I could ask a lot, and I imagine you get asked every day is how do you have all of these children, meaning your two actual children and your business? And how do you find that struggle? Cause I like to say no day is the same and you can't predict how it's going to go, but how do you, do you find that pull still hard as your kids are older now? Well, I, I find that my kids, um, 
I always thought when they were little, it's like little issues. So I can't go for pickup and they'll be fine right. you know, because I, I'm, you know, I need to be other places sure. at, at a certain time. Three o'clock was just yep. very hard for me. Yep. So I was okay with missing pickups mm-hmm. and I would do drop offs. And now they're a little more independent because, you know, they're 16 yeah. and 13, but I do feel like they need me in other ways. So I can't just you know, get on a plane and travel. Yeah. Even if I feel like the next, that could be a great inspirational trip for me. Mm-hmm. I can't do that. I have to balance it out. So maybe I'll do it like when they have a break and then we all go. So that's how I compromise. Yeah, no, it's up there. I always have three children. I have mm-hmm. my two kids in the, in the business and the <laughs> business always needs something. And, you know, and we wake up early and we really try to organize ourselves and be very efficient. Um, but Oh my God, know, every Monique. day is a new day. Every day is a new day. We're new, so new, new there's day. so many common threads because they speak to such incredible women. And I have to say, like, I do think that the question that people have for people like you and some of these incredible women that I that I speak to is sort of like, oh, you make it look so easy. You make it look so effortless. Oh my God, how do you have it all figured out? I don't think any of us really have it figured out, right? I mean, do you feel like you have it figured out? I don't think we have it figured out. We just do it. I don't think we have it figured out. I don't think about it so much. I just do. Right. You know I mean? so I'm like, exactly. I, I, I try to be there as, as much as I can. And I feel like I'm very present in my kids' lives. And then when like, I, then when I have to travel or be in New York yep. for things, and they understand mommy's doing this. And then we FaceTime and yep. you know, I, I keep them very much in the loop and at the same time raising my children i like to show them through example of how hard we work you know because it's you know once my kids graduate and and go to college the launch is so hard you know what i mean so i want to show them through example like we struggle you know and and every day is a different day and dad and i like put a lot of time into our business and and i think about that and so i think even like in the future we're working on um a mentorship program in our company because Amazing. I feel like, you know, I'd like to be able to help the younger generations just yes. to show them that if they want to be in fashion, it's not all that glamorous. There's a lot of hard work that goes behind it. And so, I mean, that was one thing I didn't have access to mentorship. Yeah. So I'd like to be able to fix that and, and, and help some other fashion dreamers in, in the future. And so that's the thing we're currently working on. Um, and I also, you know, raising a young girl, I feel like, you know, I make these dresses to help women feel confident in the most beautiful version of themselves. Yep. And and I see young girls, you know, struggle with body image already yeah. at such a young age. You know what I mean? And so I just like to feel like I'm inspiring them. And, and beauty does not come only in one look and one size. Sure and, doesn't. And one step. There's beauty comes in so many different ways. And so I'm learning also from the younger generation, see yeah. how they're dressed and how do I appeal with my designs to that generation. So it's all, it all is intertwined. You know what I mean? And I, I'm just so blessed to still love what I do. You're, you're just so impressive, Monique, in so many ways. And I, it's so funny. Everybody's like, what's Monique like? Because when I meet people, they're like, oh, my God, I want to wear one of her dresses. I'm like, and if you knew her, you'd want to wear it even more because she, oh, she is you. what she does. And every, everything about your brand is so authentic to you. And I think my last question for you, because I could ask you 600, would be like, What's the dream? I know you're living it in a lot of ways, but do you ever think, and I know for people like us, for for Virgos especially, it's hard to see past today. Because, <laughs> But do you ever just like go to sleep at night knowing you're blessed, knowing it's hard, knowing all these things, but do you just go, 
10 years, 20 years. Like this is the, you know what I mean? Do you ever have that moment? Well, right now I do, we do have a clear and present path in front of us. We really would like to focus on international growth, you know, the, just to continue building worldwide. You know, we, we've done it here locally. We're based yeah. in the USA and we, this is our core market, but we see an opportunity for the, in the rest of the world. You know, and I was raised in Asia, lived yeah. in Europe, and I feel like there's a little bit of a calling back to come and not ignore those markets and, and the time is right. And so, so that's what I'm excited about. And, and just seeing us touch more women around the world. I'm also pinching myself because I didn't dream to be doing this in this scale. You know, I was, yeah. I was dreaming about putting beautiful dresses out there and, and getting that creativity out there. And I, I just, you know, to see what the potential is and what it's already become in, in the last 26 years is, it, it gives me fuel to want to do more. Do I think I'll ever retire? I don't think I'll ever retire, but I will slow down and, yeah. and, and probably have more personal time. But I need an outlet for the creativity. Sure. I, I just, you know, when I go places, I'm like, I, you know, sketch on a pad or I think, like, oh, my God, for my next season, it's going to be like, like, it just can't, I can't stop. You know, so. No, it's true. I always I've always said for the last 20 something years, I'm like, <sighs> End goal, sitting on a beach outside the Hotel du Cap, making jewelry on the beach. Like that's like, I have some vision of this. I'm sure I'll be doing another 20 jobs on the side for creativity, for fun, just because like right. I have to, different than what we're doing now, you know? But I think about those things. I mean, do you hope ever, do you, do you kind of secretly wish or do you not care at all if either of your children um, come into the business? Do you think about that? I I think about that. And I, you know, I ask them every because sometimes they do come on the shoots with yeah, us. I'm sure. Coincides with, you know, our our family Trips, holidays. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm like, I, I just want to see if they're interested. Sure. At the moment, they're not. But um, you know, you I'm never know. Asking, like, why don't you take some social media pictures? You know, and then I'm like, if we use them, we'll even pay you for the totally. image. You know what I mean? Totally. Um, you know, just to like bring them in and they're like they get into it for like an hour and they're like oh no you know those shoots are like 11 hour days and they're like we'll be back so a mom can dream but at the same time they'll only be successful if it's something they love to do a thousand percent yeah so we'll see yeah but hey they're still my fingers are crossed and my bet is is one out of the two will 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 end up in it somewhere is my guess, but you know, they are teenagers now, so it's a little hard to predict anything. <laughs> right. If my daughter has her way, she's like, Mom, can you start doing streetwear? Like, Why is everything so fancy? Why is everything? <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. And all her girlfriends are now um, having their bar mitzvahs and then they're wearing us. I'm like, okay. So it's, it's Yes, it's I good. love that. She should be so proud of that. Skylar the other day was like, I dressed them for Temple for the holiday. And we, we, as we were walking in about 10 people, like just, you know, adults just stopped the boys and they said, why aren't you such well-dressed little gentleman? And Sky looked at me and he gave me this like wink. And I go, someday, someday you'll understand that mommy might know what she's <laughs> doing here. <laughs> We hope, oh, honey. We hope, but it's perfect. okay. We hope they're always perfect. And Listen, happy and healthy, family. and we hope we hope that it rubs off on them. Just something that, like, work ethics. You know, we we try, right? And because they have two young boys, I think 
for right now and for the last, you know, eight, 11 years now, you know, they call me queen mommy, you know? So it's sort of like mommy's glamorous. Mommy gets dressed. She dresses us up like when it matters because they're in uniform for school. Mm -hmm. And then I just go, listen, five out of seven days, you guys are in school clothes. When we're going somewhere, can you wear what mommy likes, you know? And they do. They're so... They're so good about it. Ky- Skylar, like, as soon as he sees his friends, will, like, take it off and put on a hoodie. <laughs> I go, Mom. I'm like, okay, fine. I love you. Like, so, but they're, they're, thankfully for now, they're still sweet and delicious. I hope it stays. But you And know, they I, will stay that way. They will so. stay that way. I hope so. Yeah, I can say my son has the same personality. That, that little boy that you saw on the airplane, remember yes. when yes, of course. we were headed the sweetest New York children. And, the sweetest and he children. came running at you and um, he has the sweet. same personality now at 16. Oh, so That's what we hope for. Keep them kind. Keep them sweet. All right. Well, I love you madly. Just watching your journey from almost the beginning, I feel like, you know, to now is just incredible. And I feel like you are just, just on top of your game, just post pandemic, everyone's getting married, everybody's getting dressed up and I love to see it. And I'm just cheering for you. Thank you so much, Rachel, for having me today (laughs) and for your friendship, your support. I love you. You too. I love you. Send my love to Tom. Okay, everybody, it's time for Ask Rachel. And this week, um, I'll start with the first question, which is what staple should be in every man's closet? Hmm. It's funny. I've actually never been asked that question before. But I would say definitely the classics, like a really good pair of dark wash polished jeans that they can dress up if need be. Um, a good pair of black or brown ankle boots or both. I would say some kind of version of a driving loafer that you can wear with or without socks, dress up or wear casually. Obviously a pair of sneakers. And I would say a blazer that you can wear a t-shirt or a sweater under or a button up and a tie if need be. And of course, a few suits that are tailored and actually fit well because I actually find The biggest challenge for men, at least from where I sit, is that their clothes don't fit them properly because they're too lazy to get them altered and they just are ill-fitting. So I think a really good black, brown, charcoal, navy, pinstripe, any of these versions of a blazer are great for a guy. Um, And of course, a casual jacket that they can throw on with a t-shirt or a sweater or polo shirt anytime. What is my favorite moisturizer? Okay. I am actually a skin hydration junkie, very admittedly. I have so many different versions of moisturizers, like night moisturizers, morning moisturizers, lightweight moisturizers, oil-free moisturizers, extra anti-aging moisturizers, cell renewal moisturizers, serums. Um, I would have to say my current favorites would be Barbara Sturm overnight cream. It's incredible. I wake up with my skin really hydrated um, and and very tight um, and firm, which I really like when you wake up in the morning. And then I also really love uh, You Beauty uh, Hydration, Super Hydration Moisturizer. It really does last throughout the whole day. Um, I love to wear it under my makeup because I absolutely hate 
when my skin gets dry during the day. It's like my number one beauty peeve. Don't forget to submit your questions for next week's episode. All you have to do is DM us your questions to at Climbing in Heels pod on Instagram, and I might just answer your question. Okay, so Monique and I go way back. We have so many similarities. I mean, we really kind of were building our careers at the same time, um, brick by brick, actually. And I love the fact that, you know, she also works with her husband. And, you know, it's funny, there, there aren't that many people I know that do work with their husbands, but I do love how kind of forthcoming she was. Like, I'm the creative director, he's the CEO, and that's as it should be because that's what I want to do and that's what he wants to do. That's my background and that's his background. And I think, you know, for our listeners, I think that's a great takeaway. Kind of know your, your strengths and really empower your partner to sort of balance you out. Also, as we mentioned, we both get asked very often sort of how on earth do you work with your husband? And, you know, the truth is we do and can't imagine it any other way. And there's, you know, highs and lows to that. But Monique is so fascinating. She's so driven. She's just really a very smart, witty and just a real like girl's girl. She's a real girlfriend. She's she's amazing. Anyway, I hope you enjoy listening as much as I did. I thank you so much for listening to Climbing in Heels. And please don't forget to write a review wherever you get your podcast because I love to see them. While you're at it, follow me on at Rachel Zoe and at Climbing in Heels pod on Instagram for more updates on upcoming guests episodes and all things Curator. I'll talk to you next week. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.